Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jolly Boys podcast. How are you doing, Tom? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yeah, good to do a spontaneous podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, unfortunately, we're not joined today by Ed or James. Uh, it's just Tom and I. And like the previous lockdown episodes, this is going to be 100% live. So we apologise for any dead air. And if you can hear <laughs> any weird sounds going on, because the laptop fan is quite noisy. A bit annoying, but uh, stick with it and hopefully it won't annoy you too much. Uh, That's- that's all right, mate. Get the Chinese kid onto it. Yeah, hopefully. So <laughs> today we're talking about Diamonds Are For Heather, and it is the Christmas special ending of Series 2. Yes, it is. It rounds it up quite nicely, really. Um, bit of a um, marmite episode for some. Some yeah. people adore it, or others sort of forget its existence almost. Yeah, that is true. And as well, in regards to Diamonds Are For Heather being a Christmas episode... I've never really thought of it as a Christmas episode because there's not much festivity in it until the end where Dale walks out on the street and approaches the, the carol singers. Yeah, that's that's the thing with a lot of the Christmas um, specials for Fools and Horses. They're anything but Christmassy. Um, I think if you take like Christmas crackers, it's quite very much a Christmas theme, wasn't it? Because they very much reference it's Christmas Day and they're bored. You see the but Christmas tree and you see their Christmas dinner. <coughs> yeah, precisely that. And then you've got I think Fatal Extraction, which is a special many series later, um, that is, feels quite Christmassy. But yeah, this one is anything but. I think it's just the fact it's aired in December, and I think Sullivan felt the need to put an element of Christmas Christmasiness, if that is even a word, right at the end there, like you say. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't even aware it was a Christmas episode up until a couple of years ago, which is interesting. Obviously, I knew it was written and it was set at Christmas time, but I just didn't realise it was a Christmas release. No, it's um, it's, it's like I say, it's right at the end of '82 in December. So I guess in that regard, they automatically call it a Christmas special, don't they? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a, uh, well, it doesn't have to be a Christmas theme, does it? But um, but yeah, what 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 were your first thoughts when you first watched this special? Or going back, however young you were at the time. I can't remember how old I was when I saw this. I definitely didn't see it when it was aired. I think I probably saw it for the first time about 20 years ago, possibly. But um, I quite like the episode because Dell kind of meets a genuine woman who shows genuine interest in him. And you can almost visualise them both being together and them living happily ever after. And like lots of other women Dell meets throughout later episodes. Yeah, I mean, I think out of all the birds Dell's met, she's one of the nicer ones, I think. Right? She seems quite... Well, we'll talk about her behaviour at the end with how she seems to treat Dale. But gen- like up until that final scene, she is quite sweet, isn't she? It's going quite suspiciously well for Dale. She's well, a different class to the to birds we've seen to this point. Well, dare I, dare I say, quite a controversial thing to say, but I think I probably prefer Heather to Raquel. Yeah, you put it out there, I guess you do a little poll on Twitter, see what the other, everyone else thinks. Um, not, not, not necessarily sort of character and character development, but I think as uh, an individual better suited to Dell in that precise moment in time, obviously uh, Raquel's character evolves, doesn't it, from sort of getting a bit fed up with Dell and his escapades and stuff like that. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I think the character of Raquel suits Dell's dynamic. If he's going to be in a realistic couple... Raquel's slightly slight fieriness and um, her, just her general way seems to suit 
Dale's lifestyle compared to Heather's quite princess-like, quite soft and gentle. Yeah, I think, I, I think I, we, we could dedicate a whole episode to Raquel Turner, couldn't we, I think, about her character and everything else. So yeah. uh, let me crack on with the synopsis. Go for it. Uh, diamonds are for Heather. Wallowing in self-pity and putting the nag's head to the regulars through a Spanish version of Old Shep. Dale meets single mum Heather and offers her a lift home. After a few weeks, he's fallen head over heels in love with this ready-made family and has even bought her a ring. But will Heather say yes? Dum, dum, dum! Is this the, I mean, up to now, is this the first time we see Dale get engaged? No, he was not the first time he's been engaged on our screens. I know as a young kid he was always getting engaged, but in Fools and Horses universe... Yeah. I did think... he get engaged to Pauline again? I think he did, didn't he? I'm just, just trying to think how many times he's been engaged at this point oh, from too, Series 1. Too many, because he was engaged to Marlene, wasn't he? <coughs> well, I'm, I'm just going by sort of a Fools and Horses Series 1, Episode 1 onwards. We know that if you watch Rock and Ships, he gets engaged like four or five times as a young kid. But I just want to, on our screens, how many times we see Dell engaged at this point. Probably, oh. I, think, I think this is the second, because I think Pauline was one. Yeah, I think you might be uh, right. It's just one of those little niggly uh, things to think about. So, opening scene then. We're faced with the posters um, Spanish Night, Magaluf Brothers, Flamenco, UO. And it's a bit of culture going on down at the Nags Ed. Uh, are, we, are we to assume this is December period? Have they got a Spanish Night in December? It's quite. Uh, you'd think it'd be more spring summer time they'd have this sort of gig, but. Uh, What's going on here, then? Yeah, it's quite odd. I mean, Grandad's at the pub, uh, jollying up. We don't see Grandad in, in the Nags many times. I can only think of who's a pretty boy. Um, obviously, this episode, um, the blood's thicker than water when Dale's dad comes back, but it's not that many times you see Grandad jollying it up down the next bed. It's quite nice seeing them all together, isn't it? And, and old Grandad's quite lively, isn't he? Clapping and singing along. He's having a good old time. Yeah. It's quite smart, actually. He's dressed. He's again. He's suited and booted. Didn't really acknowledge the fact that he's not in his. I know he's down in the nags and He's not going to wear his scruffs as PJs, but he generally looks. And Rodney looks. They all look pretty smart, to be fair. Rodney's worn that suit before, hasn't he? In previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I think the set, the set costume people got all the same clobber for them throughout. It's only David Jason who gets to wear a number of different uh, types of, of men's apparel. It is true. I think this is the smartest. <laughs> We've ever seen uh, Grandad throughout the series of Bunny Force and Horses. Hmm. And the dynamic's a bit different in this scene, isn't it? Because Dale's a bit low, and Dale's normally the one who's sort of on the high trying to perk everybody else up. What's he low about? What's, what's, what's his game? Um, he's been to visit a friend, hasn't he? And his friend's got his own family and is living his own little happy life, and Dale being single, struggling, and not being able to find you know, a, a significant other or a companion. Is sort of um, bringing him down a bit. I think he's sort of feeling his age, isn't he? And he's just sort of worried out that he's missing out on life. Well, according to the internet, and I believe this, the idea of the script was to demonstrate Dale's love for kids, and he really could be a family man if he puts his mind to it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, he's what, mid, mid to late 30s. So he is just thinking, that, you know, when's my time going to come? Um, yeah, so that that is. It's a the type of night they're at. So it's a Spanish night. They've got like some, for, for them, quite posh nosh. 
and the most un- unconvincing red wine I've ever seen. It's Ribena. Yeah. Or Cherry um, Yeah, it's going to be in it. The, I mean, the decor and the nags head. Obviously, we haven't met Mike yet until the next series, but it's funny, as soon as we meet... I know we're going on a bit here, but as soon as we meet Mike in Who's a Pretty Boy, eventually, Dale does a bit of business about doing at the pub. Then he, It definitely, definitely looks more... Um, bright and airy. Yeah, it does look a bit tired in this episode, doesn't it? It looks tired. I mean, the lighting is very dim. I mean, you're, you're, that's your... You're probably more... You're, obviously, you're more of an expert of me than with lighting sets and stuff, but it's quite dark, isn't it? Unless it's the quality of my um, copy. No, no it, no, it is quite dark. So we're at the scene now where Dell is chatting to his friend in Performer, Enrico, requesting he sings Old Shep. And, it's just classic comedy writing, isn't it? The fact that you're led to believe this character is Spanish or, or Mexican, and he, you know, he pulls it off so well. And he goes and has a quiet word with Dell, and he's yeah. like the most Cockney geezer ever. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great gag, isn't it? It's yeah, it's brilliant. Like you said, you led down that path of this uh, local guy who's, you know, just trying to earn a living from uh, from where he, where he lives. And yeah, he's a local Cockney guy. Dale just seems to know everyone, though, doesn't he? He's in with just about everyone, and he's got that air of authority about him where he makes him sing an utterly depressing song that he knows no one's going to like but himself. That's just the mindset of Dale. He can pretty much get what he get what he wants, really, can't he? It looks like Enrique's a bit afraid of him. I know. I just, I just wonder. That's just the influence of Dale, isn't it? He's just he's a well-respected. Man in Peckham, isn't he? Maybe he's owed a favour. Maybe that's why he's playing Old Shep for him. But the song's managed to clear the whole pub, bar from, we pardon the pun, two people by the lips of things, Heather and some other extra sat in the corner proper up the bar. It doesn't seem like the sort of pub a lady like Heather would go to. I mean, you know, not to say that she shouldn't go in there, but you assume that in Peckham in the early 80s, in, in again, in Fools and Horses, you're going to have sort of a certain type that go in there she seems quite a classy bird she does but she's in there to meet a friend isn't she so she never know you she might have a friend who lives in Peckham who said i'll be, meet me at my my local pub but yeah i think you're right she does seem quite classy for an establishment such as the nags head do you think um so to describe how dell approaches her what's his excuse or what's his reason to so he he goes in with something doesn't he uh, what she says, do you mind if I park my butt? By the way, listeners, you might be able to hear the episode playing alongside us talking, just so we've got a bit of reference of what we're talking about. Hopefully it's not too loud, hopefully it's not too quiet or distracting, but if that's what you can hear, that's what it is. Well, he's got a... Um, he's going to try and sell some of that purse. No, what was it Rodney says? No, that's right, yeah, purse. To see if she wants to buy that hooky purse, because in, I guess Dale's previous relationship to this one, he got stitched up with all this personal because his ex-girlfriend owned a chain of laundrettes, I believe, which would have been an amazing episode to see. Mm, yeah. Sometimes it's good to just leave it to the imagination, though, wasn't it? To be fair, but um, and he seems instantly taken to her, doesn't he? And she's, she seems quite impressed by his persona, shall we say? Yeah, I don't think he's used to seeing women of that class in that pub. I think that's what it is. He's seen an opportunity and he's gone for it. Yeah. And yeah, they're each just straight away, straight in there with the Del Boy charm. And she is, she is a lovely, um, lovely lady. She, she went into one of the re- 
this actress went to one of the recent Fools and Horses conventions. That's right. Um, yes, so, uh, yeah, I mean, straight in there, a Del Boy charm. And he's just, yeah, that's what Wolf I say. He's pulled us straight, straight away. It doesn't seem to take a lot of effort. He's just using this Del Boy swagger. David Jason in Del Boy is a, is a character. He's got a lovely aura about him, hasn't he? He's got a certain charm about him. He's like quite a happy, smiley personality, isn't he? And he is doing very well with with Heather. He's doing very well. Uh, played by uh, Rosalind Lloyd. I just had to recall the name there for listeners. Rosalind Lloyd. So, yeah, that more or less wraps up. What, what I like about towards the end of this scene um, is... I'm, you have to excuse me, listeners, because I'm 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 watching it with the audio practically off. But he references to his uh, brother and a granddad, and the camera pans across to them, and they're just looking t- utterly gormless, aren't they? <laughs> Tom, what I'll do is I'll let you catch up because I'm at the scene where they're walking up into Heather's flat, and if you're talking about something that the listeners might be hearing, it might be a bit confusing. Sure thing. So let me know when they're just stumbling up some dark set of stairs and I'll carry on playing my coffee. That's right. Yeah, I'm up seven seven minutes in or so, so that's fine. But that, that was just a reference. I just like um, Della, uh, Rodney and Granad uh, often showing Dell up in some regard, aren't they? So just like he, he, that was Heather's first impression of them, just looking a little bit gormless. I just thought that was quite amusing. Keeping themselves yeah. to themselves for once. <clears throat> so like you were saying, so we're... There, there seems to be a power cut of sorts in Heather's, well, leading up to Heather's apartment in the communal areas. Yeah. And it's a quite very much um, slapsticky um, moments that we don't quite see, which I think is quite clever because, again, just leave it to your imagination. Dale falling over in the dark, and then and the noise David Jason makes is quite comical. <coughs> so yeah, Dale's back at uh, her flat. Presumably the date's gone well because Dell is all over her. Yeah, he's he's not shy, is he? And he's I guess it's gone that well that he's assumed that he can put his hands all over her hips and um, you know talk sweet nothings into her her, her log hole. We've just been introduced to the babysitting character who's about six foot eight tall, and Dell's under the impression that that's Heather's husband. Yeah, he's completely. Uh, and and Dell in the moment will he's not like Mr. Hartner, he'll be quite wary if he's if he's stepping into danger. He won't be sort of like, Oh, I can take this guy on. He he kind of backs down, doesn't he? Um, when if, if he feels it's necessary. Well he slides the, the wine bottle behind him, doesn't he, to pick it up and hit, yeah. hit him with it, which is a bit worrying. That's right. Um so what's the before we see the babysitter, what was the photo that he saw on the Side camera, um, or am I looking too far ahead? No, I am. You're, you're, you're thinking of a different episode. You're thinking of um, Pauline, Pauline McKay, not Pauline McKay. Um, no, no. I am. I am thinking of this episode. I think she said that she showed a picture of Darren, her uh, son, and he's on. He's on a, in a photo frame. I think it comes later on into the uh, episode. I'll show. You, I'll, I'll show you what I mean. All right, cool. How far are you? What number? I'm eight minutes thirty-one. Where are you, Tom? Pretty much that, mate. All right, okay, I'll continue to play. So, like you were saying, um, the, the babysitters come in. We, us as the audience, and as well as Dale, think it's her bit of stuff, and we quickly introduce the fact that it's a babysitter. Quite unusual to have a 
not to be sexist, but a male babysitter. Um, but he's a mature student, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite an articulate, educated fellow, and he towers above David Jason, doesn't he? Over Del Boy. He is massive, isn't he? Absolutely huge. Uh, Roger uh, Brearley. Briley? Brearley? That's the actor's name. Yes, he's got a bit. I mean, he looks like a doctor, doesn't he? He's got that sort of doctor image about him. Yeah. Carry, carrying his books off. Mm. Ah, so we're getting to this. Like, so. When you get to sort of nine minutes and a half, there she is showing some photos of Darren on the mantelpiece, and she points to her, what we eventually learn is her actual other half. And Del comically thinks that's Darren, her, her young son. You'll get to it in a moment. Yeah, well, she Heather says that her husband went to the job centre, is it, and just never came back? Yes, yeah, which is very cruel. Um, and we, we can't, as the viewer, we can't work out why anyone would anyone could do that, especially to what we know of Heather, who seems quite gentle and nice. And I we're just led to believe it's because he can't handle the fact that he's a, a, a dad and he's got responsibilities. So, so at this point, presumably, that Heather's husband isn't in contact with her at this point until later on in the episode. Yeah, he's just gone totally off the radar. Um, and full credit to Dell because he's, he's, he lear- he's learnt now that she's got a child and he could just scarf her and go, oh, it's not worth the baggage. Yeah. Some blokes would think that, especially in those days. But, no, he, he's definitely more inclined to stick around and sort of you know, keep the friendship going. And she's she, she dropped the hint to Del about the engagement ring, about her, her ex-partner going out to buy her an engagement ring and ended up spending the money on going on holiday. And, of course, Del likes, be, likes getting engaged, so Del's probably seen an opportunity there. That's him. Yeah. yeah. And it's perfect for Del's time in life. If he's been a bit depressed lately, he's just bumped into a, not only a lady similar of age to him, probably younger, but she come, comes equipped with a, with a son. And... Even even bigger bonus, the the dad has run away, which is sad for the for the boy and her, but uh, it's good for Dell. And if he can slide in on in there and um, play dad and husband and make their lives better, then everyone's a winner. Yeah, I think all the qualities of Dell is is what Heather's looking for, mm. it, and it just seems too good to be true. And they've, they've just gone for a kiss. So it's quite interesting that they both tilt their heads the same way twice. So that isn't actually a kiss there. So I wonder what John, John Sullivan's trying to tell us with that. Rather than going for a romantic kiss there and then, he makes a kiss not happen and Del Boy leaves. Yeah, so just so we're... So are you at the bit where she's about to remind him to mind the step? Yeah, he's just falling down. Yeah, literally just falling <laughs> down. It's funny, and it, and it works not to see it as well, actually. It does work. So we've got, straight, the, we've got the montage now of little, little Darren. Straight into Fat Larry's band, Zoom. Um, it was a great great romantic song if any of you aren't married yet and you want your first dance I think this one's a cracker all rolling back the years all rolling back the years yeah but yeah oh I tell you what okay so um, I'm just going to pause it at 12 minutes okay okay pause um, something I did not know alright go on then go for it the listeners are going to go what you didn't know that you, you fool what I did not know is this little boy Darren yeah apparently according to the to the internet he appears in a few series later in Happy Returns as June's son. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know who this little lad is. Like, what, the lad? I let down the tyres on that motor. 
I don't think it's. I think it's him, or it could be because there's another lad in shot, isn't there? Yeah, the other guy's black. Oh, so it's not him. <laughs> he was black. And that's your brother over there, is it? You better buy him one and all. <laughs> no, yeah, it must be him. I, I'm just gonna get the, the little lad's name from IMDb. And so he, it's and Dan. He was black. Yeah, and he still <laughs> is. <laughs> Daniel Jones, right? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So. IMDb accredits him for just being in one episode. Hmm. So the internet is lying to me. When I say internet, a well-known Force and Horses fan page, someone's put, did, did you know that the lad Darren appears a couple of years later in Happy Returns? We'll have to track him down and get him on the podcast and find out the absolute truth. I know. I think we should, we should have a, a little challenge to see how many of the Damians we can get on. Yeah, that would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Uh, there's, a, there's a lady called Cheryl who messages in the podcast who's really interested to find out about the backstory of the Damien characters, so that might be quite a cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to see if I can quickly skip to episode the episode... Um, happy, uh, what, type, what did I call it? Happy, happy Returns. I'm just going to tell you now, listeners. I'm going to, I'm, IMDb is my source, and they're quite accurate. So, what are you going to do? You're going to look at the end credits. Well, I, I'm just looking on the cast list. So, what's the little lad called in? I'm Darren. Yeah, so he's called Darren in this, but in Happy Returns, it's. I his name. She's not bringing that little brat along with her, is she? <laughs> um. No, this can't be. No, I think that's fake news, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think that's. Um, it's an urban myth. There's, yeah, Jason Snell. Jason, isn't it? Ben David. So this guy, Darren, uh, the little lad, Darren, is played by Daniel Jones. And in Happy Returns, the little lad called Jason, Debbie's little brother, is Ben Davis. So that's a load of nonsense. Well, that was worth it. Sorry about that, listeners, to go off, off ball there. Um, but I was, I, when I read that originally, I thought, wow. Maybe maybe they look alike. We'll have a look at the character in a second and see mm. how much they look alike. Okay, should we, should we press play and carry on? Let's press play, yes. It's quite sweet, though, this, this whole montage, isn't it? Del, Del looks like he's fed up, but he, I think he's just doing it for comical effect, doesn't he? Just, uh, um, kids like it when the adults look a li- like apparently fed up, don't they? Yeah. And always... the... Sorry, carry on, Tom. No, uh, sorry, I wasn't going to go anywhere with that. I was going to say, the zoo scene looks an awful lot like Bristol Zoo. Yeah, I, I mean, they weren't filming in Bristol until 88, I don't think, or 89, but... So they might still use the location, though, mightn't they? Yeah, they might. yeah, there's every chance they would have... They do They do look like a good couple, though, don't they? I love this scene. It's one of my favourite scenes in the episode where the, the camera pans down from the beautifully... Starlit sky, it's very romantic. You're led to believe that under the stars, and someone grabs <laughs> Dale by the collar and pulls him away. And of course, yeah. the planetarium. It is good, isn't it? It's clever. It's just amazing writing by John Sullivan, and the way it's executed as well is perfect. You're just not expecting it at all. Someone mentions that where where is the little lad in, when they're in the planetarium? Because they walk out, don't they? Yeah. So. Yeah, at this point, where's where's uh, little Darren? It's all right. It was the seventies. You were allowed to leave your kids anywhere you wanted. They'd be yeah. fine. Exactly. I like the um, the ice cream in the face shot. Good see, timing. I see. There was another kiss that was about to happen. Then on the boat, then something stopped, and 
they got interrupted yeah. and little Darren was tugging on the leg. I never like read into that, to be honest with you. I just thought it was uh, all done for comical effect or just, you know, a situation comedy is a situation comedy. Anything can happen at any time. There seems to be a reason that John Sullivan just doesn't want that kiss to happen. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think... But when that montage is, is ended, have you got anything else to comment on that montage? Did you like how they did it? How they? Uh... Yeah, I love it. I do, I do like the open montages, but I think I prefer the earlier ones where it's just sort of frame by frame rather than moving image to, to the music. But yeah, I'm, I always appreciate a, a montage. I like these uh, cosy little Indian curry houses that they're going to sometimes. It's... They're amazing, aren't they? They're really nice. Um, but that's... I, I'm dead on, well, 14 minutes in. Yeah. Dell and Heather are well and truly smitten now. We can only assume Brian is looking after little Darren. Um, they're just, this is, that scene is just a quick, that's the end of the montage. They just uh, assumed a restaurant or whatever, because they are at the curry house again later on. Yeah, how far are you? I'm 14 minutes and 19 seconds. Yeah, straight away. I think what well, this has been a while since I watched this. For some in my head, I thought we we're going to see that final scene, but of course we're only out. We're not even halfway through it. No. We're, we've got, we're at Peckham. We're at the Nairia State now, um, outside Zimbabwe House and Nelson Mandela and Dell's playing a bit of football. Go, go, go back to what I said about John Sullivan not enabling uh, Heather and Dell to kiss. I think it's like a subconsciously, us as a viewer watching it, really wanting Dale Boy to be happy and in a relationship at the same time, knowing that situation isn't right for him, knowing that her husband could come back, maybe. Yeah, but the same thing will happen with Raquel, though, with, you know, Slater. Yeah. She is technically still married when he meets um, Raquel, although they've broken up, and it's been quite a few years. There's always something in, in Dell's put in Dell's way, isn't it? To have a, like a, you can't just have a smooth pathway to happiness. There's got to be something in the way. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what the listeners think about it. What's their reasoning behind Dell not getting the kiss he deserves? I think you're spot on with your um, theory that it's like a what's the phrase I'm looking for? A foreshadowing that it's going to go to pot and it's never meant to be. But um, I, I guess, quite like this. I guess it can be open to interpretation, but there might be other reasons out there. I'd just be interested to hear other people's, you know, other listeners' opinions on why that might be. I think I don't believe though that in that in that again I'm going to use that phrase: the fools and horses of the universe. They say say they've been seeing each other for a few weeks. They've definitely kissed in that time. Yeah. I think just obviously what we see, <coughs> it doesn't happen a few times when it could have done. Ah, see, we're back in the flat now, and Granddad is making some homemade Christmas decorations, and you can see the Christmas tree in the background behind Dale's shoulder. Sorry to, uh, I just wanted to say something. You know when they're playing football? Yeah. Did we? Did you not see the Dale's at the top of the uh, windscreen on the oh, car? Oh yeah, Heather. <laughs> Dale Boy and Heather. Um, and I just have to say, uh, Rodney feels quite conscious about sitting in the passenger seat. Yeah, he'd have to do it though. Yeah. Huh? What does Grandad say? What is it, Cubs night? <laughs> well, where, when when Rodney's conscious about, say, about sitting in the passenger seat with the name Heather, 
Grandad just says, that's right, uh, Rodney, that some people just think you're a, and I'll quote, puff, which would never be used now. That's just a quotation of what Grandad says. Yeah. But I think, to be fair, how Leonard, how Leonard Pierce um, delivers it is, is, com- is very funny. They're just not very, very, they're not very supportive of Dan, are they? They're not happy that he's found someone. I think deep down they don't want him to find someone. They just want to carry on as, you know, the character want to carry him as a threesome and get up to the same antics as what they normally do. Yeah, they are they are taking the mick a little bit, but when confronted, like oh, back into the flat now, sorry. When confronted, they do say, yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's he's, he's all right, not too bad. But as soon as what probably the funniest part of the episode, as soon as Grandad learns that they might be living in the flat with them. Honestly, obviously, honestly like, prevails. <laughs> he's not bringing that lousy little brat with him, is he? <laughs> yeah. Because he uses the same um, phrase that Dale uses to say, he's not a noisy little brat though, is he? Oh no, he's a good kid. And when he says that, they're going to live with him, and he goes, he's not going to bring that noisy little brat with him, is he? She, even. <laughs> they're very disappointed. Uh, Grandad in, in Rodney's just faces just drop, they're staring into space and, 16 minutes and 8 seconds into this uh, glorious episode. I don't think I've, I recall us ever seeing that shot of Dell in the mirror with like Rodney in the background, side view of Dell. Um, it's just a, an angle of the flat I'm not too familiar with. Yeah. I think, eight, I think I'm a little bit further in the episode than you. I'm 18 minutes and 18 seconds and uh, Rodney and Grandad are just having to come to terms with what Del Boy has said, and you know they're not fighting it. They realise that you know Del Boy's time has come. He's got to fly the nest and sort of be his own person. Yeah, that's fine. I'm up to that now. And before we wrap up that scene, because the final scene is basically coming up, isn't it? Um, yeah. Not much more to observe really from that. I think it just it paints a clear picture. Del is going to announce uh, an engagement. He's going to move out of the, of the flat. I wonder what that means for Rodney and Grandad in terms of how in the hell they're going to survive. Because there's no... They're well, not they're, claim they're, benefits, do they? No, they're talking about it now. But Rodney's trying to be a bit upbeat about it, saying, you know, it is what it is. This is this was inevitably going to happen. You know, you and I are going to be fine. Let Dale do what he needs to do. Then Grandad has just said, you know, I hate to scare Rodney, but if you're not aware, Dale's the only person who brings money into this flat. He's the one who's keeping the roof above our head. It's kind of like a real... I open that and I wake up call for Rodney and the scene beautifully fades into Dell and Hella sat at an Indian restaurant ordering their food. One of the first there's a quite good opening line. Dell's ordering so much food. It's <laughs> lovely if you starve him. But he doesn't quite understand what um, he means by types of rice to order. Yeah. Rice he is rice to Dell, isn't it? Yeah, Uncle Ben's <laughs> Which is uh, yeah, great. I'll have some pillow rice. Make sure we take the feathers out. Yeah. Two quick gags in that scene. I love it. I bet uh, people who work in Indian restaurants hear that gag all the time from mm. lots of drunk regulars thinking they're the most funniest people on earth. Yeah. But it's... I, I mean, at this point, Heather is going to... Um, I don't know what point she's going to tell Del. About the news we're going to find out shortly. Yeah. Del is... Is Gene himself up to do to offer a gesture, not just any gesture, but a hand in marriage, and he just plonks on the table. And did you know he mentions that he got a mate? He got it from a mate, um, Abdul. So yes. Abdul yeah. reference yeah, to just quite cool. back. Yeah. Yeah, which I quite quite like. <clears throat> maybe Heather's in denial. Maybe 
you know, on, on one hand, she's got her ex-husband sort of clawing at her to try and get her back into his life, but she's still on the side of the Bechdel. The fact, that ring, though, that ring must be pre- pretty kosher because um, it's from Abdul, and he doesn't do dodgy, does he? I mean, he's a dodgy businessman, but the sorts of clobber he deals with is the real McCoy, isn't it? Yeah, Dale would have spent as much money as he had on that ring, because that's what Dale's like. He wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? And he wants what's best for the for the people he loves. I mean, previous um, times he's, he's um, offered a ring in, in, you know, well, proposed even. They, those rings would have been fake. If you've watched Rockin' Chips, um, James Buckley's Dale Boy, he buys like five real cheap, nasty rings that basically give, like, infect your finger and they, like, the, the colour fades pretty quickly. I still, have, I still haven't seen Rockin' Chips. If any of you listeners out there think I should watch it, let me know. I think most would say, nah, not bothered, but I think it's quite interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a John Sullivan um, script, isn't it? And it tells quite a good story, a prequel story anyway. Yeah. So do, do we think Heather has agreed to meet Dale here to tell tell Dale the news about her ex-husband and Dale has invited Heather along to ask her for a hand in marriage? Hmm, I think... I think she's relatively... She's very gentle and lets him down gently, doesn't she? Yeah. But it's amazing to hear her say, I think if I love you like the way you love Rodney. I thought you'd like me. Um, it just doesn't come across that. From what we've seen, they're very much in love. And now she's put on an amazing act. Or like you say, the ex has come in on the scene and just messed with her head and she's thinking, oh, maybe I don't like Dell. Yeah, I think she realises how much she loves her, her husband. Or her, it's not her husband, is it? Um, her, her ex-partner. That's right, yeah. I mean, she... It's, I mean, she's very nice about it, but she's quite... If I'm if I just trying to recall the dialogue, she's quite cruel about how she lets him down as well. Um, but she offers Del the chance to see Darren one last time. And he doesn't want it, which is quite sad, but I can understand why. But, yeah, the, the, the her ex has come back. What's this character name in this again, sorry? What, the, the, the ex-partner? Yeah. Vic. Vic, um, that's it. Did we, did we didn't mention the one of many gags Del uses about Vic. It's it's Vic. What's wrong with him then? Did he say that? Did you remember that? <laughs> Did you remember that gag? No. <laughs> she 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 says what's he goes what's wrong and she's wiping her nose. She goes oh it's Vic. Oh um, okay, so he's in like the Vic vapor up yeah. Silly girl. Um, yeah, like you said, you can only speculate if she was going to ever tell him like that at that meal or just the fact that he presents her with a ring she's her hand is forced literally yeah well it's completely Heather's, Heather's loss in my opinion Del Boy would have been really good for her mm. do you remember the job that Vic has got now he's picked himself up uh, no remind me he, uh, he's got a job as a father Christmas <laughs> at a supermarket or something yeah, it's a, it's a Father Christmas in a supermarket or, or, or a shopping centre. Dale said, that's okay. Um, only work two weeks a year. Is it two, work, two, work two weeks a year and... Oh, I can't remember now. Yeah, it's lots, lots of weeks holiday. That's the one, yeah. I think, I mean, this, I think as an audience watching this scene, it's, it's probably heartbreaking, isn't it? Because you're so yes, happy for Dale and you really like Heather as a character and it's just such a shame that she's chosen to go back to her ex-partner and stay and be happy with Dale. This is the first 
saddest Force Horses episodes so far, I think. Uh, where we're at now, right at the end of Series 2. We, every episode's got a bit about it, hasn't it? It's, it's a comedy at the end of the day. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is a special, I suppose. There's always going to be an element of, well, a, a different dynamic or different approach. I think it ties things up really nicely at the end where Dell leaves and requests the choir sat still on the other side of the road to sing Old Shep for Dell to listen to him. And I think as he walks away, he kind of builds himself up again as a new man and decides tomorrow's a new day, let's mm. see what happens, and leaves everything up until that point behind him and carries on. I think that's like in a... Um, not like in a... What's the word? Not metaphorical, in like a... I don't know, maybe it is metaphorical way, or in a... Yeah. I think um, somehow they, they made it quite funny that the choir are saying, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and he's like all solemn and depressed. Yeah. Oh, that was still quite funny. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah he, doesn't, he doesn't want joy, does he? He wants to feel, you know, he wants to feel low. Mm. He wants people, everyone else to, not in a selfish way, but they want them to feel low with him, just so he feels he's got a bit of comfort. But it's that classic thing, the episode starts with Old Shep, and it ends with Old Shep. It's that classic writing thing that they do in films or shows. There's like a the theme. There's a theme. Yeah. It goes to tell that it originates back to link up from start to finish. It's quite good. It's it's really, it's a, sorry, it's a really sad scene. Dale comes up wiping his nose from the Indian, and you can hear the the Christmas music. And nobody wants to be lonely at Christmas. And he's solemnly mm. looking at his windscreen with the word Heather on it, and reminiscing about the times they had together. Yeah. And that's when you hear that we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes, Delboy Del smirks and walks over, so he knows life isn't that bad. Things will get bad. better, and he's going to move on. I mean, this would have felt very Christmassy. This episode, not only because it's a bit sad, and it's you basically see a Christmas tree featured at one point, but it, it was aired well after Boxing Day, thirtieth of December. Right. So, whether you can class that as a Christmas episode. Christmas special. What year was it released, Tom? 82. December 82. That was before I was born. Yep. Same here. Same here. Um, so I'm jealous. If, 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 I can't talk. Hang on a minute. If any of our listeners were around and watched this live when it was broadcasted, tweet us here. We'd love to know. Mm. End credits roll. End credits roll. Um, just for the record, IMDB users give that 7.8 out of 10. I'd probably give it as, you know, put it under the bracket of Series 2. I'd probably give it a 6. It's not a superb episode. The one that sticks in my memory is quite frustrating because Dell is so close yet so far from having the family that he desires. Yeah. I think he gets let, gets, he's, he, he gets let down quite cruelly at the end there. You know, she, she seems to struggle along whether she was just in a certain frame of mind we don't know because we don't see too much of their relationship but yeah for me that's a six what, what would you give it it's a strange episode i'd probably give it a six or a seven i don't i don't dislike it but it's not an episode that sticks out as one of as one of my favorites so i think mm-hmm. seven is probably quite a fair score from imdb it is yeah i'd give it a seven yes so um <coughs> that's the end of another episode yeah, it's so good that uh, what lockdown's brought us is the the ability to release some more content. And although it won't be as... Um, we, we try and get things done as professionally as we can. Like, I try... You know, we would have 
usually be editing this and putting clips in and stuff, but it's something we could look at in more once again. But for now, we just want to get the content out there just to get the discussions uh, recommencing on uh, Twitter and other other social media outlets. Yeah, we are kind of struggling, aren't we, with technology at the moment in regards to the best way to bring these podcasts to you. We've tried a few different software and different yeah. hardware things, and just for one reason or another, it's not worked. So this is the, sort of the best method we found at the moment. So hopefully it works for you. If you've got any advice or any tips you can give us just to make it a bit more easy in listening for, for you guys to listen there, that would be much appreciated. But hopefully we've kind of got it down, and this is what we can deliver to you during this horrible time of the coronavirus lockdown. Well, I've got to say, Bailey, <clears throat> thanks to you, I'm going to kiss your backside here because you managed to... Uh up the level ed sort of spoke about teens and had a way of recording it it was a start it wasn't perfect we sounded like we we're all on the telephone and then thankfully maybe you've uh put your nut down and figured out how to make the audio that much clearer so well done to you my san thank you so for the listeners in the previous episode we recorded through microsoft teams and that doesn't record the internal audio. So Ed, who was hosting the event, probably sounded a lot clearer than the rest of us. So today, I managed to figure out how to record internal audio. But hopefully the qualities will be on par between Tom and myself. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, you know, as long as as long as we get the content out there and people just want to hear, you know, our, our version of, the, of a review, then that's great. Yes. Uh, yeah, but we've finally wrapped up series two. We have, and uh, hopefully every other episode in lock- during lockdown will be the same quality as this, so hopefully it works. So the next episode we're going to be talking about is going to be Homesick, which is quite an important episode, isn't it, for all sorts of reasons. Loads of important reasons, and featuring a one-off character that I wish remained yes. in, the, in the series, I think, in Baz, but we'll, we'll talk about that in greater detail then, but uh, yeah. Uh, it's final series of, of Grandad, isn't it? The f- final full series of having Grandad. Yes, it's going to be it's going to be a difficult one to get through that, but hopefully we yeah. won't keep you much longer to release the next episode. We're you know like, like Tom previously mentioned that we've got a lot of time on our hands now, and if this setup works, we should be able to sort of get podcasts out a lot quicker than we have done previously. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for all your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We really appreciate it, and all the lovely reviews that have been left for us. If you are enjoying our podcast, please feel free to go onto iTunes or Spotify or Podbean and just write down a little review and give us a few stars. Uh, you can find us on social media. The Jolly Boys Podcast is on Facebook and Twitter. It's OFA underscore podcast. Please feel free to get in touch just for a chat or talk, tell us about your Only Force and Horses experience. We'd love to interact with the fans and just have general chit-chat because that's, you know, that's the reason why we do this podcast. Absolutely, and we're, we're well. Bailey is working his magic on. Seems to be carry, seems to be carrying this podcast lately, Bailey. But you're working on some possible interviews. I won't say any more than that. But hopefully, we can get some guests on in the future. Well, I, I think I did previously mention that uh, Patrick Murray, who plays Mickey Pierce, has been in contact and is interested in taking part in the podcast. So, depending on technology. We should have Patrick Murray on here fairly soon, and we have got at least three other very special guests to join us on our podcast, which is going to be really, really exciting. And hopefully, Steve. one of them could possibly be with us later on this week. But we'll leave that to you. Leave it open for speculation about who you think that might be. But as someone, yep. Tom and I, 
they'll be very very excited to, to talk to Oh yeah, looking forward to it. If 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 you can pull it off this coming week, yeah, absolutely. It could just be Bailey, but it depends on other commitments in the day. But the important thing is is getting the, this person's voice on our podcast, and you guys can uh, listen in. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for for listening, everybody, and we will catch you again soon. Thank you again for listening to Johnny Boy's podcast. I've been Bailey. I've been Tom. And take care. We'll see you soon. Yo. Yo. You're pulling my leg.